Warning, we're going to be discussing events for currently running weekly anime. If you want to avoid spoilers for certain shows, there are timestamps in the description. Hello everybody, and welcome back to the Time Sync Anime Podcast. This is week three of summer 2019. Where am I? Yeah, it's yeah. I agree. It's starting to get a little uh, <laughs> difficult to keep track of stuff like that. It's getting really hot, so keep uh, keep yourselves hydrated, keep yourselves safe, um, and all that fun stuff for summer. But other than that, we have a great season of anime shaping up so far. It's getting really good, and as usual, I'm Jay, your host, and this is my co-host Rex. I am mostly commonly known as Rex. Yeah. You're the uh, podcaster formerly known as Rex. <laughs> and then I go back and change my name to just Rex later <laughs> on because of... I don't even know what Prince's whole deal was. I, I don't either. It was like some peace. It was some legal issue as far as I understand. <laughs> it, it's really complicated. But anyway, that's yeah. not why we're here. We're here to discuss anime. Yeah, so uh, we spent about like six, seven hours today. Yeah. Just watching, like, all the stuff we were interested in. Yeah, uh, we just for... wanted to catch a few, uh, we wanted to catch a few first episodes, just yeah. to kind because, I don't know about you, my ideas for what I wanted to actually talk about the season were pretty much set in stone from the beginning, but... Yeah. <laughs> like, I wanted to give at least these first couple episodes, like, these first episodes of all these other shows a try, and at the very least recommend them, even if we won't be talking about them throughout the entire season. Yeah, I'll, I'll certainly be watching a lot of these shows that yeah. we're not talking about, but, uh... And we'll be, probably as usual, I'll be uh, writing about episode reviews on Kitsu. I'll be writing episode reviews on random comments and Pornhub videos. <laughs> Didn't realize that you that you did stuff like that. I'm learning more about you every you're time just, we you're talk. Just scrolling down a video, you're like, can't wait to, I'm so excited to watch this video. And like, I think the recent episode of Naruto wasn't very good. Yes, and then just... <laughs> What? Well, that's like what most of the comments are, I feel like, on those videos. It's just like, <laughs> I, I found out how to beat this level in Fallout. Or something like that. But, uh, yeah, so, so first off, we're going to be talking about all the shows that we're not going to be talking about uh, on the podcast for the rest of these uh, two and a half months. Yep. And then we're going to be moving on into the shows that we will be discussing, which we'll be cutting them down to six. It, yeah. And it wasn't really that difficult to choose six for yeah. this season. I, I was trying, I was really trying hard to make sure that I was being fair to the other, other shows. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, yeah, um, uh, go ahead and kick us off for uh, the shows we're talking about that we're not going to continue talking about. For, yeah, that's... After this week. Yeah, that made <laughs> that totally made sense. Anyway, so starting us off is honestly a show that I was pleasantly surprised by with how funny it was. Uh, Are You Lost? I... Yeah, it's like a anime girl castaway. Yeah. <laughs> anime girl slice of life castaway. Yeah, and like we were watching this first episode and we you saw the intro and then it was like all some like happy-go-lucky sort of like club. Yeah, they started like idol dancing and and, and, uh, yeah. and shit. And then you were just like this was not the opening I was expecting for yeah, this show. I was expect cool. well the trailer, the PVs and and uh, stuff made it look a little kind of lighthearted, but yeah. I didn't expect that lighthearted <laughs> like out of the gate. Yeah, that's uh, true. And I think in the in the OP, uh, it, it was a really good OP, by the way. It was really catchy. Yeah. Um, I think there was like some Jumanji looking hunter guy. 
Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I I I think I know what you're talking about. I think yeah, like it was, the guy with the, like the must the curly yeah, mustache. Um, Van Pelt, I believe his name okay. was in Jumanji. But yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. But, but yeah, this show uh pretty good, pretty uh snappy. Yeah, yeah, pretty snappy, uh, pretty snappy jokes. One of my personal favorites is when the when the like main girl I want to call her main girl because she was like the the survivor like, girl, yeah, um, who went around with her dad or whatever, like just traveling around the world and got stranded in random places because that's what high school girls do, I guess. Uh, I think one of the funniest bits is she was just talking about a survival situation. A locust jumps through the air and she just, like, <laughs> snatches it and pops yeah, it in her and mouth. And she just keeps going. Yeah, like that Like that didn't just happen. Uh, wait, wait, you just ate something. It's like, I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> and she's like, oh god, it's so, there's yeah. so many like, little gross yeah. things like when, she, when she's spit into the girl's mouth. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's yeah. a leg. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, the whole part was just like, lay down on your back and, uh... And close your eyes. Oh God! You that got was, a pee in her mouth. That was disgusting. <laughs> like in Bear Grylls. Yeah, I mean, she's like, she did ask, "It's how uh, how thirsty are you?" It's like I'm dying of thirst, and yeah. I guess if you're that desperate, yeah. <laughs> but oh God, sun's going down. Time to drink my own piss. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, this show is actually shaping up to be a really funny short form show, like mm-hmm. something I wouldn't mind watching every week, and it's a pretty innocuous uh, way to spend uh, 12 minutes each week. Yeah, I thought fair. it was, uh, I, I, th- I thought the source was a sh- uh, four coma, because yeah. that's just what the episode felt like. Yeah. I felt like just like a bunch of short skits. Yeah. Uh, but apparently it's like a normal, yeah. normal manga. And the show itself, I think it was just like perfect pacing and stuff for it to be a short form show, which mm-hmm. I really appreciated. Yeah. The director in charge of this did a really good job with it, I think. And yeah, unfortunately, we won't be talking about it anymore past mm-hmm. this. Uh, so next up, we have Ardi Furata from Commonplace to World's Strongest. Another, our latest entry in a somewhat isekai No, not thing. No, not isekai at all. There's no other world. It's just... Uh, video game fantasy light kind of, uh, kind of like um, like Grimgar, uh, but Hestia they, Dungeon. But you have to remember, in Grimgar, they were from another world originally. Oh, they oh that's trans- right. Yeah, and then, sorry. Yeah. And it seems, and it seems like judging from like the uh from the OP, it seemed like they were from an or- originally from our world and got transported to this world, like mm-hmm. from some rich. It's what it looked like. They never show- mentioned it. Because it showed, but it did show them like a classroom and stuff, and they were wearing like school uniforms, and then some I mean, that could have just away. been their classroom. I don't know. Like I remember reading, the guy like, had a fucking gun. Hmm. So like it's you can't you don't know if it's fantasy world or anything. I yeah, that's you know what that's fair, but like from what I read from like the um uh, from like the material and stuff like that from like the description of it anyway, it seemed like it was sort of like corpse party in the regard that. Uh, they performed some ritual or whatever, and they got transported mm. to this alternate dimension. Okay. And that's what it seemed like, just judging from it. If I'm wrong, then I'll admit that, but anyway, uh, yeah, that the, aside... the like I think like the first like three-fourths of the episode were pretty much... I, didn't, I thought it was very meh. Yeah, it seemed like they didn't really do a whole lot to get you attached to this character mm-hmm. before they made him turn into a, like, kind yeah. of subverted who he was as a person. He, he was like, oh, hey, he's nice, and kind of a... Kind of a wimp. Kind of a, 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 a carpet. Everyone yeah. walks all over him. And 
And then suddenly he just snaps and is like, I hate this world. I hate everything. I'm going to go evil and eat monsters and hair's going to turn white. Yeah. Uh, but at the point where he ate that wolf's leg and his hair turned white and um, ignoring all the past. Yeah. Everything that happened after that, I, I was on board with. It was pretty, pretty cool. Watch. Yeah. Like, I think that it should have, they should have just spent like the very first episode kind of introducing you to this character before they started introducing like to how shitty everything was. Like giving you some time to kind of get acquainted to this world, its characters. And apparently the light novel actually does that. But uh, judging from this first episode, yeah, it just seems like they kind of glossed over yeah. that and swept it under the rug. I can easily see this being an entertaining show yeah. uh, going on for the, for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's, I, I don't see it going anywhere too crazy. Yeah, like I don't see it being like an absolutely amazing show, but it certainly seems at least entertaining. And there are certainly worse shows out there that have tackled a similar premise. So this, uh, as soon as he uh, got the white hair, it kind of reminded me of the first episode of uh, Isekai Slime. Yeah. How he's in a cave and he goes around eating monsters to get that, different powers. You know, that's really <laughs> true. I didn't I didn't stop to consider yeah. that. But yeah, that's a good point. I was really thrown off when he got the Magnum. So I was yeah. like, oh, it's a fantasy world. And, oh, no, I just made this fucking uh, railgun-powered three fifty seven Magnum with magic fantasy explodey bullets. Yeah, it was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of strange. But I guess considering his whole thing is it's about, like, learning how, like... It's he's basically an alchemist, is what it seems like. Figuring out like he's a what, synthes- a synergist, is synergist, what it's called. yeah. But basically, it's what an alchemist. He's a crafter, is. yeah, <laughs> and he's able to figure out like what components do and stuff like that. And when he ate the monster meat, it sort of uh, made him figure out like it powered up those abilities. So yeah. it makes some sense to a degree. I I would be curious to see where this goes, but not really worth talking about it every week. Yeah, I might watch more. But, like, if I... It's not something I'm going to go out of my way to to watch more, probably. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Unlike this next show, which I'm really interested in watching more of, uh, Astra, Lost in Space. Yeah, that uh, that first episode, it was like a double episode. Yeah, it was... Was really good. Yeah, really tight plotting, just, like, and trying to... It really captured just the tension of being, like, a bunch of kids just stranded out in the middle of nowhere and just basically trying to figure out everything to try and survive together mm-hmm. yeah, it that, really captured that tension the scene with um pink-haired girl uh yeah i know which one she you're talking about. When, when she was just kind of rotating in space like just, that just gave me so much anxiety yeah it's just, just watching that and yeah. uh because like they they captured her breathing yeah. really well and it just it slowly like sped up more and more and more and um, when you think about how when you're in that situation you have limited oxygen yeah uh the more you breathe you know, the more it's going to burn through your oxygen. So that was just adding more to the anxiety in my head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just, uh, it really did a great job of kind of capturing just that tension, I think. Like, it, it seemed like a relatively innocuous thing. But then, uh, but then once they got transported by this random black hole thing that transported them yeah. to the far reaches of space. And then the whole time they were talking, it's like, maybe this is supposed to be a test. And then it cuts to that, like those guys watching them on like monitors or whatever. Yeah, but that, I was almost expecting them to say like, gas them. They figured it out. <laughs> just shoot them. Make their heads explode. Yeah, just blow up the ship with the charges that we planted there. or Some shit like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. It, it's a lot more of a lighthearted show than I expected. I, yeah. I'm assuming there's going to be plenty of, you know, trials yeah, going exactly. onwards because they, I think they set up a really good premise for the rest of the season just by uh, setting up the journey of they have to go to these 
different. Yeah. They have to hopscotch to different planets yeah, to make their and way home. I imagine that it'll also be like there will be some time between each of those planets when they're just like trying to make it to the next planet. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, because they have to stop on the planet, uh, go down, gather food and water. Yeah, exactly. And then keep going. And I'm really curious what that's going to be like because it seems like it's setting up to be a really cool journey. Like, and it once again just kind of cap capitalizes on the space can be fucking terrifying angle like it's there's something really cool about space but it's also just like this empty void and you could just drift forever yeah space seems like such a not real thing to me yeah because it's like i've never been to space i know it's there yeah i I know i i can look up in the sky and see it Mm -hmm. but just like being in space seems like a fantasy world to me exactly uh, it's same with like same thing with like uh, the bottom of the ocean, but that's yeah. that's like slightly more realistic to me. Yeah, it's because it's a little bit more tangible, yeah. but at the same time, it's it just definitely captures that. I think the thing about good fantasy is you want to capture that sort of like a fantastical element, like, but you also want to just capitalize on the idea that this could also be incredibly dangerous. Like, yeah. as wondrous as it is, there also has to be a sense of danger to it in order to kind of offset it and kind of make the journey feel that much more rewarding, I think. And I think this first episode did a really good job of setting that up. Yeah. Uh, my favorite scene was the the human chain. Oh, yeah. Scene. Where it's just like, I I, I kind of felt like that was exactly what was going to happen. Like he was going to go out there, the rope wasn't going to be far enough, and have to, he'd have to boost back. But even knowing, like even having a feeling of what was going to happen, I was still excited and, and really intense the whole way. Yeah, and, and it was really cool seeing these characters that uh, didn't were really know each other. Yeah, they didn't know each other. They were previously not really trying to get along very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, all working together to jump out and save the two people who were going to. Yeah, they were just going to yeah, they were just going to drift underneath them. The hand-holding ring afterwards was pretty cool too. It was a really natural, smooth way of them of everyone kind of growing together and realizing they have to work together. Yeah, like absolutely. They, even at the end they had the guy who was he looked like the kind of guy who didn't want to be talking to anybody. He still ended yeah, up he like looked like a very, holding the hand of the little yeah. puppet. He was still a, he was an Ishigami looking motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was really Really cool. It didn't feel cheap at all. All the character interactions felt really no, good. No, and I think it definitely benefited from it being a 40-minute episode. Like a yeah, double episode. Yeah, good, good setup. Yeah, absolutely. It wouldn't have been as interesting if with just half of that. Oh, yeah. It would, have been, it would have been a lot more boring, I think. I don't like the widescreen aspect thing they're doing. Oh, yeah? I just don't like that effect mm. on, on the shows. It's, it's like, why... Like, yeah, I get it, like, makes things feel cinematic a little bit more, kind of. Yeah, I It just yeah. annoys me, though. I guess I can see that. Uh, but yeah, that's a pretty pretty good show. Would recommend. Uh, next up is Bem. Which... B- I, B- Bem? Yeah, it's just Bem. Just Bem. As yeah. far as I know. And I think I heard the guy, like, say Bem. Yeah. A few times when they were talking to him or something on top of the bridge. Yeah, I, uh, I was actually surprised to figure out this is a remake of a show from the 1960s. Mm-hmm. This is like the 50th anniversary of the original property. Was which, it an anime? Or? Uh, it was originally an anime, yes. Yeah. And then they, they also remade it in like 2006, and then they decided to remake it again now. Which, I don't know why, but I'm, I enjoyed this first episode. Yeah, it's a fascinating concept. It's something we've heard before, you have the poor people and the rich people. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's that added supernatural aspect 
And I really like the design of the monsters. Yeah, they're because... very... You said it. They were, like, very old-school looking. They looked like yeah. something that stepped out of, like, a 60s horror Like, play. the main character looks kind of like uh, the Lizard Man or yeah. Swamp Man or whatever Swamp Thing, yeah. yeah. Swamp Thing, the old-school Swamp Thing. Yeah, or the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, yeah that, that one, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's just... Uh, it's, it's a really cool aesthetic. Yeah, and then somebody, and somebody on Kitsu, I was looking through, like, I read, like, their description of it, and they said it reminded them a lot of, uh, like, stylistically of Batman the Animated Series. Like, just that kind of, sort that uh, gothic vibe to it. Yeah, and the monsters, I will say, definitely look a little more cartoony and less anime. Yeah. Not not saying that in a negative light, just, uh... Yeah, they do look more like something you'd see in, like, Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. Which, that... Which isn't a point against it. It's actually a really cool, like, uh, aesthetic that they're going for here. Like, the fight like the fight choreography and stuff was very smooth and well executed. I love Bem's electric stick. His electric cane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and how he just kept using that on the water creature. I mean, Which, I, I think I'm interested in the, like, uh, polit- and, uh, police corruption yeah. kind of aspect of everything. Because... Yeah, it seems like most of the police on the uh, on the outside, the as outside, they call it, yeah. yeah, are they pretty much just given up on getting help from anybody, so they just decided to work with local crime to to solve everything. Yeah, the help. It's like that's the fee for making us look the other way. Is yeah. what uh, is what uh, Summer's partner at the time was talking. Yeah, Sonia, who, who cares? He's dead. Yeah, he's dead now. <laughs> um, I'm kind of interested to see uh, Sonia Summers as a character. Like, is she going to be relevant throughout this entire series, or was this just like a one-off thing for her? I hope not, because I kind of like her setup. We don't really get to see too many like uh, badass female cops too often in shows. I think I assume she's going to be back because they. I feel like they wouldn't have showed her at the end of the episode and her slapping away like the money. Yeah, uh, before that point, I. Th- I almost thought she's just kind of a character brought in to show how humans react with the uh, the the not humans. Yeah, I I can see that, and kind of like she serves as sort of like a little bit of an audience insert, kind of like somebody who is being brought into this world with no like context on how it yeah. works. So yeah, that's it's a, not a bad narrator a narrative device there actually, but. Uh, I think that she she reminds me a little bit of the... Did you ever watch Gargoyles on the Disney Channel? Uh, a little bit. I don't remember which of Okay, it. but... So they had a girl character, Yeah, right? they had yeah. a... Yeah, they had a... Who was a female detective who worked for, like, the NYPD, and she was awesome and cool, and uh, kind of gives me vibes from that. The show is just really cool. I really like it. It's stylish. Yeah. The intro, I love that jazzy intro. Yeah, the jazzy intro. Yeah. It's really, really good. And, and they, like you said, stylish. Like how they do like the, the cards. Like the, the face cards for like all the characters. Yeah. It's, kind of Baccano. Yeah, it is very Baccano. Like it just... Like, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, Bacchano or Cowboy Bebop. It definitely feels like something that was made with a Western audience in mind. Mm-hmm. And it seems like uh, if they're trying to capitalize on more of, like, a 90s animation feel and trying to capture, like, Batman the Animated Series or Gargoyles, things of that nature, it would make a lot of sense why it looks the way it does and plays the way it does. It's, yeah. it's really enjoyable. So, next up is Copcraft. It... <laughs> despite the jankiness at times it's so inconsistent like yeah uh, there's there's moments where you'll have beautiful uh like f- action like when um the main character like, like flipped a guy over his shoulders and like uh, the when he when he beat up the kids in the alley yeah uh, that were trying to you know, steal or steal his money or whatever 
yeah that looked really cool but then you have moments of just a guy walking and they just kind of like microsoft paint like move tooled him across. yeah it, it looked like something you'd see in fucking inferno cop yeah. <laughs> like the way that they move or you said it like aqua teen hunger force yeah, that's exactly right <laughs> same style really yeah r- really that's what it is but this the show has a really fascinating concept. I was pretty much ready to write it off because it was it was an atrocious looking PV. Like at yeah, <laughs> like I was getting I was ready to pretty much all but just say, ugh, I don't even want to watch mm-hmm. this first episode. It's gonna be terrible. I can feel it, but but I can easily ignore those little bits of awkward animation because narratively uh, and like performance, it was amazing. An amazing first episode. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's it's setting up really like fascinating concepts. Sort of like a um, like it reminds me a lot of um, Blood Blockade Battlefront with these like uh, the supernatural world kind of uh, ma- uh, meshing up with the mundane and people trying to learn how to uh, cooperate. Yeah, between it's those like forces. They, they called it the um, the front door of the, uh, uh, of the. Yeah, human world or whatever. Yeah, something like that. And it was a really, it's a really cool concept. And it's kind of seeing like uh, how the main character, who's voiced by Kendra Asuda, which definitely is yes. in this series' favor. <laughs> um, it's cool seeing like how he's a detective who like understands like the uh, the fairy language or whatever you want to call it, or the super. I there's a term for it, but I don't remember what exactly it was. Yeah, I remember it. But it was cool. It's kind of cool that he understands how they work, how they think, and even if he is kind of a racist in that regard because he constantly refers to them as aliens and shit mm-hmm. which is kind of an offensive term for them but uh yeah and then seeing like the uh seeing the little fairy girl that he's going to be working with is also setting up to be really cool because she can do things he can't like yeah I like her <laughs> uh I, I like how clueless she is about the human world and then, like when they get in the elevator he's like don't touch that yeah don't touch that don't touch that <laughs> Don't touch that. Get, I, yeah, just in constantly. What does this do? Pulls a fucking handbrake in the middle of a freeway. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely a nice like uh, compliment. It's like a it's a it's a buddy cop show, mm-hmm. which and that's a that's a formula that's when done well, it's done really well here, and I think they're setting it up to at least be a fascinating take on that uh, on that genre. Yeah, I like hopes. good cop. I like good cop shows. Yeah, I have high hopes for this. Yeah, for this show. Uh, weird animation aside. Yeah. So uh, next up is the Demon Girl Next Door, which it looks to be a uh, kind of standard affair. Uh, Moe Blob. Yeah, it's a little bit better, I would say, than um, your standard Moe Blob. Yeah, it's got uh, it's got a lot of really snappy jokes. And like the, I will say the director has really good comedic timing. Absolutely. I think that is something that kind of uh, puts this show a little bit um, above the other uh, shows like it, really. Mm-hmm. like, And because one of my favorite jokes is when the magical girl, because there's demon girls and magical girls. Ooh, it's one of those things. And they're basically just trying to go about their normal lives. One of my uh, one of my favorite jokes in this first episode that we saw was a... Uh, was the demon girl, or the demon girl wanted to punch the magical girl, and then after she tells her how to punch, uh, she has to, like, go on, like, this really long kind of, uh, kind of roundabout way to basically try and say your punching sucks, or... Oh, yeah, yeah. when she's sitting there going... She's kind of going, yeah. your form, um, mm. no, not your... Yeah, she's trying to figure out, like, one way <laughs> to, like, kind of... 
like navigate that minefield. It's like uh, maybe you should just use projectiles. The facial instead. expressions yeah. really sold it there. Yeah, yeah her just being so uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. That was probably one of my favorite jokes in that episode. For that reason, it it was just handled really well. Um, yeah, it's uh. It's it's like this. The premise is nothing special. Yeah. It's um, you know, main character, main characters, demon powers. I I, I think the mom and the sister are kind of funny. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, yeah. By the way, we're demons. Yeah. Because- <laughs> we have the poverty curse of not having more than four hundred dollars a month. <laughs> Yeah. That whole that whole that, part was that really actually funny. was that actually was really entertaining because I was looking at like their apartment and like kind of seeing like the mold stains and stuff on the wall. I'm like, man, they must be really poor. And then her actually addressing why I was not expecting that, but it was it was actually pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. So i I would definitely recommend the show if you like the Moe Blob genre. And uh, also, so you're gonna keep watching this. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely gonna keep watching the show. Uh, <laughs> and also if if you just like, you know, witty comedy shows. Well, not witty, but uh, funny little shows. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's enough to make me just kind of chuckle and stuff and kind of laugh out loud. It's nothing like, it's nothing like gut-bustingly funny, like say something like Konosuba, for instance, mm-hmm. for me. But it's but it was definitely a relatively wholesome and harmless show. I think another really funny joke was when it when they were doing her transformation sequence and in the lower right <laughs> yeah. corner they were actually timing how much time would have passed and it was like a a hun- second. No, it was less than a second. It was like a hundredth of a second. Well, no, at the uh, at the end it was uh Oh yeah, you're yeah, you're right. Yeah, cuz it, it was 0.01 seconds. Yeah, exactly. It was like a hundredth <laughs> of a second had passed, but it was like this long drawn out like uh, uh, thing, but and I thought that's really funny. It's it knows what it's making fun of and I'm I enjoy it. It's it's cute. At the end of the day, it's a really just cute, harmless show. Mm-hmm. Unlike this next show, which is just hot garbage, I yeah. think. Demon Lord Retry. Yeah, it was just incredibly boring. I don't have a lot to say about it, except that I'm disappointed that Kenjiro Suda is in a bad show. Yeah, I mean, good actor, like good actors, can be in bad shows. Yeah. It just it happens. He's like so, it's he's a so paycheck. Typecasted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not saying he doesn't have any range. Uh, but like he's you usually that badass him. cool dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who's kind of who's kind of gruff and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just his voice, I guess. Really. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, and even Kendra Suda can't save this show. Yeah, he, it was it incredibly really bland and boring. Like, ah, I'm in another world. Something just from... somehow, like I'm like the creator of this game that I was going to yeah. shut down the servers for. And they tried to make you feel bad about the little girl they try to make you feel really bad about her and it's like yeah. i don't care like and that's and that's a shame too because something that could have been kind of interesting about this show i think is the sort of like father-daughter dynamic that they might be going for here that could actually be um a redeeming part of this show but everything else that's going on is just so boring it's hard to get invested it's in bland it's, bl- it's it is it's very bland, bland. <laughs> it, it's very very bland so that's all I have to say yeah, about that. Too. Uh, so next up, Grand Belm. Uh, this was almost one of the shows that we were going to keep talking about, but it got very slightly edged out yeah. by other stuff. Because uh, it's looking to be really good so far. Yeah, like, it. I mean, let's not beat around the bush. It seems like relatively standard magical girl fare. Like, I would say the, that. Like, it's, it's like normal magical girl is become a magical girl, kill the bad guys. Mm-hmm. This is become a magical girl, pilot mechs, kill each other. Well, okay, so it's kind of more of or along not kill, the lines. Uh, it's kind of more along the lines of the uh, 
the modern, what I like to call the modern magical girl uh, type stuff. So things that where it's like, let's make a, let's put a dark twist on this show and let's like in this case is it even a twist anymore no not really <laughs> like i, I mean, feel like it'd be a twist to have a normal magical girl show nowadays exactly but that being said this show is i am i'm enjoying the show like it's nothing it's nothing like absolutely new or groundbreaking is all i mean but it's handle but it knows what it is and it's doing it well yeah I think. the i i i talked about this last week but the little the chibi mechs are, aren't my favorite thing Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, I'm a huge fan of the aesthetic. I will say it's kind of growing on me already, and I am absolutely in love with, like, the 99% of 2D animation, or, like, hand-drawn animation they use for oh, the mech Oh, absolutely. It, it looks really good. It's so rare to see mechs drawn in 2D nowadays. Absolutely. And I, I was thinking this while watching it. I was like, you know what this kind of reminds me of, this art style? Remi- those remind me of Metabots. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like, I, it, it didn't click with the me. The faces. First. Yeah, exactly. That's it, just exa- what it reminded me. I was like, oh, this is like Metabots. That's mm-hmm. actually really cool. Like, I never played Metabots or, like, watched the cartoon or anything like that. Like, I had a friend who had a bunch of Metabots, and I'm like, oh, these are really cool. But my parents never bought them for me. <laughs> Fuck you, Mom! <laughs> But... Uh, I will say though that the the mech action battles, while cool, I I think they take a backseat to the character drama in the show. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's fascinating that this this main character, uh, uh, Mangetsu, Mangetsu, yeah, um, Pink, aka not Madoka. Yeah, uh, she she has a very relatable problem of not. She feels like she's not special. She doesn't have anything going for her in life yeah she, she, wants this one she thing. definitely feels like if she were to vanish then it wouldn't make a difference if she mm-hmm. had never existed her life would not affect anybody and she just wants yeah. to do something that she thinks matters which yeah that is unfortunately this relatable is, it's such a uh, an easy motivation to get attached to uh, as a uh, a viewer yeah because uh like you have a lot of things of like oh, i'm gonna go save the world or i was like i'd like to be a hero but that's something not really i can relate to but in this situation you have her just wanting to do something that makes her special and i think everybody can relate to that really yeah and or then, at least most people and then even it kind of like the most recent episode of this uh stepped more into the motivations of the other girls like one of them has a one of them has a cursed older sister who she wants to get rid of that curse for her, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, you just want your family to be, you just want your family to be okay. That's relatable. Um, you have another one who just wants magic to just not exist entirely so that this cycle just won't continue. Once again, another, like, if you're somebody who's aware of pain and stuff like that, and that's the only way that you just want to stop seeing it eventually, and you just recognize it as something useless, and... That's a hard thing to do. Then you have someone who's just pissed. Like uh, the red-headed girl. Yeah, the fire girl. Yeah, she she's just mad at this, uh, at Shingetsu for basically trying to, what she, like, basically interfere in her life. I think seems. she's mad because she's, like, trying to steal her family away. Or that's what she interprets yeah, that, that's what it Yeah, that's what it seems like to her. Which yeah. um, is not what she's trying to do. Um, Shingetsu, I think her name is? Yeah, um, a.k.a. not Homura. I think she just looks like a black-haired Amelia. That's yeah, that's also <laughs> true. But <laughs> I mean, obviously, because the the 
all the art team uh, yeah. and director from ReZero. So absolutely, lots of influences. Uh, definitely a really good show. I would heavily recommend it to pretty much anybody. Yeah, like the first episode aside, when it was, it felt like okay, what kind of show is this? Like, you're, it's like, is this a magical girl show? Is it a mech show? Is it an isekai? What the fuck is going on here? It's mm-hmm. it felt like just a bunch of different genres kind of thrown into a blender. Like basically, they took like a. They had, like, a dartboard, and they were just throwing stuff at the dartboard. Like, blindfold on. Yeah, it's just like, oh, I guess it's going to be these genres. It works. It, it does. Yeah, it, works it works surprisingly well. Yeah. But, yeah, this show I do recommend. The next up, though, we have Hensky. No, oh, what's the full title? I, I don't remember. It's it, like, are you... It, it, oh, go ahead. Um, Isn't it... Is it alright to love her even if she... Like, is it alright to love a pervert even if she... I don't remember what it's it is. Hensky, are you willing to fall in love with a pervert as long as she's a cutie? Okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ugh, God, it's... It, it's this was a light novel, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I don't want to say it's garbage. Because there's actually some funny bits. Yeah. It's, it's just not great. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's personally what I would have expected from yeah, a premise It's pandering like to the audience that watches this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's an, it's an etchy comedy, which... Like, like I said, I was kind of hoping for something a little along the lines more of, like, Ichigo 100%, but, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, this is just not, it's... It was kind of tame. Yeah. Like, for most of the episode, and then you see the end where she just fucking whips out her, whips out her tits. Yeah. Uh, and has a collar on. She's like, I want to be your pet. Yeah. Like, oh, okay then. <laughs> so, so just judging from this first episode, it seems like each of the four girls have some like weird perversion. That yeah, they're like a kink. Yeah, like hers is she wants to be somebody's pet. Um, I'm a like, one of the girls was holding like a rope in the in the opening. Oh, so I'm assuming she's like BDSM. Oh, that that's a good point. And then uh, the little sister is obviously as a sis yeah. complex or a big brother complex yeah, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, or it could be something else. That went crazy that, in a, in addition. That would actually be a hilarious subversion, to be honest. Like it's just like she doesn't even have any feelings for her brother at all. But... I like how uh, when he's sitting down with his friend, he's like they're listing out the girls, and he's like, "Yeah, my sister," and he's like, "That's obviously not an option." I'm like, <laughs> "Ha ha ha! You haven't watched enough anime." Yeah, it's it's a shame that has to be an op- <laughs> it's a shame that has to be an option. <laughs> but yeah, this show. It is what it is. Either it's one of those things that you're going to like it or you're going to absolutely hate it. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to watch it in a room with someone else. Yeah, except <laughs> I'm probably not going to watch it at all. Like I might. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, next up is uh, To the Abandoned Sacred Beasts. Wow, this was a good first episode. Yeah, it was, like, it was really interesting. It's... Uh, Fairy Gone, but good. Yeah, no kidding. As somebody who actually bothered to watch through all of Fairy Gone, it, this was like, okay. So it's like somebody read the plot synopsis from Fairy Gone and then watched a few episodes and was like, okay, how can I do this but better? Yeah. Like, this, this was a really good example of how to do a prologue. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, the premise of the series is um, this: the main character is going around hunting down... Uh, the old members of his squad. Yeah. Uh, well, the main goal is to get the the one guy yeah. who shot his girlfriend, who shot him. Mm-hmm. So. It's a revenge story. But... Like, uh, there's not a lot of... I, it's hard for me to feel uh, sympathetic with his plight a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because I, I guess he accepted that all of his comrades needed to die in the yeah. end. Yeah. And then he got mad when uh, his quote-unquote friend shot 
his girlfriend or soon to be girlfriend. Like, I don't think that I don't think that Kane though. No, Kane wanted to. We don't actually know what Kane's motivations are at this point. He just seems like a fucking psychopath. I think Kane's motivations were he didn't want his friends to die because mm. he didn't kill um, the main character. Yeah, he, in that in that moment when he could have done so, he I just think, killed the girl. I think Hank's motivation is more that he wants the main character. Yeah, it's okay. uh, Hank and Kane, and then uh, I forget the I forget the chick's name. Forget the dead girl's name. Yeah, I forget her name because <laughs> they introduced her for an episode only to kill her off and basically serve as main the motivation for the main character. Um, I think his motivation is more along the lines of these are if our friends are going berserk it's our duty to put them to rest like mm-hmm. they need to be and i think that uh kane is sort of more power hungry in the sense that uh, the incarnates are basically their gods they should be able to do whatever the hell they please people should fear them but the incar they definitely go well out of their way to show you how absolutely terrifying the incarnates are yeah that whole um kind of time skippy journey mm-hmm. we went through for most of the episode was uh really interesting yeah because it was like really used. triumphant at first yeah i was thinking like when's the tragedy gonna happen it's like oh there it is <laughs> yeah then uh, the snake guy yeah he crazy. lost control and then he was like bite like watching people like melt away with poison that mm-hmm. was that was actually for one really well dan- done and really well animated i think another show that didn't have like heavy cg in it which thank you for that yeah uh i as long as i don't remember the girl's name uh i thought it was really interesting following her process of trying to learn more about the the incarnations and uh because she made them yeah uh and just seeing her like draw blood from them and and, you know everyone kind of talking together and they they made everybody bond like like look like they're bonded together in a really natural way yeah like how they're having parties after victories yeah how they're just kind of talking sharing their dreams and how everyone was excited that uh that he was going to finally propose to the doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want you all to celebrate with me. Let's get out of this alive. That It, it was just such a well done like way to kind of show you motivations and why he would and why Hank would actually end up going down the path that he does. We don't know what really happened while he was asleep. though. Yeah, it's a four month. I thought it was two. Two? I think it was two months and the war had ended. Okay. But but yeah, it's. I really I like this show and it's kind of a and it's kind of a shame we won't be talking about it like mm-hmm. throughout the rest of it. Yes. I'm definitely going to keep watching it. For sure, yeah, and I would recommend anyone watch it as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, last up on the shows that we won't be discussing is Wasteful Days of High School Girls. I like the premise behind it, really. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's it seems to me like a less funny version of Asabi Asabase. Yeah, and it definitely seems like something that should have been more of a short form show. Yeah, like, all the jokes go on either slightly too long or they're not long or enough. Or they're over way too quick. Yeah. It seems like they just didn't, maybe maybe the director just didn't have a good idea for like comedic timing and pacing and stuff. But That's what it seems like to me. Because yeah. uh, the jokes are there. Yeah. Uh, they just don't come off. Like, and, they're not, they're not uh, thrown out very well yeah they're and i don't know if they're just they were trying to like just cram so much into this first episode they didn't really they didn't really have time to like flesh out some of the jokes more or kind of cut down a little on some of the other jokes it just felt kind of all over the place and inconsistent with how humorous it was which is a shame because it's actually a pretty interesting concept like you have a stupid high school girl who got introduced who goes to a girl's school because but she wants to be popular with all the boys and she just applied to an all-girls school. And it's like, how am I going to be popular like this? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say here. Yeah, me neither. It's, it's kind of funny. It's nothing special. Though. It might, I, I might, uh, I might be watching it a little bit on the side just to see if it's if its comedic timing and stuff improves mm-hmm. because I see potential in it at the very least. Yeah, it's happened before with shows. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, those are all the shows that we are going to be not discussing, and we have uh, narrowed down. Uh, this season, we're talking about six shows continuing for the rest of the time. What are we talking about first? All right. So, first of all, we're going to be talking about Demon Slayer. Yeah. We, this is one of our two shows that we're going to be, um, that are yeah. continuations. <laughs> we're, we're, we're limiting it to two shows max uh, uh, from, carryover shows. Yeah, exactly. And Just this to give is, room for and this is And this is one of them. And... This, like, if you've been watching Demon Slayer and been, like, uh, paying attention to us talk about Demon Slayer, then you know how we feel about this show already. Yeah, it's a kick-ass shonen battle series with, um... Uh, I wouldn't say the characters are too deep. Yeah. Uh, because it's a shonen battle series at heart. But there's some good drama with, uh... At least with Tanjiro, mostly. Yeah. His struggle between wanting to kill demons to save people and save his sister... And then also realizing that these demons were once people. Yeah, and it's cer- that certainly carries over quite a bit with him, especially in the most recent episode. Oh yeah, when that was so subtle, how he was going to use a high power attack to cut yeah. off the the spider um, uh, mother as the, they were yeah, the spider her. mother's head. But like as soon as he see her just give Surrender. up, yeah. he, he switches to like this. I'm assuming an attack made to be as painless as possible yeah just like cut through them really softly really quickly yeah and just it was really beautiful how it just like you see her like kind of slowly crumble away and just that like Mm -hmm. her actually just being at peace in that moment i i will i do have a complaint that i i thought the flashback of her backstory was a little too long yeah and also i didn't i I didn't really think that needed to be there at all right there Mm. because uh i thought it was a really beautiful moment when she just kind of uh you know, thought of, uh, like, it should have ended with, like, oh, you reminded me of someone who used to look at me like that. Mm-hmm. And then she, I think it would have been more touching if she just faded away right there. Yeah. Instead of touching, instead of sticking around too long. Absolutely. I, I agree with that, but, and they, the series has done an interesting job of actually, for one thing, we got introduced to Inosuke, who is an absolute treat. Ah, uh, I love him. He's my favorite character. <laughs> he, he's so, he's a great character. He's, he's boorish, he's loud. <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't intentional. Boorish. <laughs> but, but it's it's just absolute, and he's brash, but he's an absolute treat to watch. Yeah, um, Yoshitsuku Matsuoka fucking kills it. Oh, as, that's as who it, Protagonist-kun. Yeah, Kirito. Yeah. <laughs> I, P- didn't really, I didn't realize that was who it was voicing Oh, yeah, how did you not? He's I such a, it's such an iconic voice. Nowadays. I don't know. I think it just, it's just different. For, it's a different type of character than what he usually voices, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's true. Like, he usually voices people who are kind of more down-to-earth and more heroic. This one is just, like, I want... <laughs> yeah, he's so loud and Anything so abrasive. Anything you can do, I can do. <laughs> yeah, I I adore the, I adore his character. Yeah. And Zenitsu is starting to grow on me a little bit. Like, he's still a complete wimp and a coward. Kind of comedic relief for the most part. And it, it can kind of get a little bit annoying at first. His sparrow's absolutely annoying, <laughs> yeah. I, I love his little sparrow. I trying to him. give him words of like inspiration. It's, it's just like, like fuck off. It's like you how, don't understand me. Yeah, it's like how how, how great it must be to be you. You don't have a care in the world and bite him. <laughs> like snap out of it, you idiot. 
I, I like uh, Inosuke's slow journey to understanding what kindness is. Yeah, and how every time like <laughs> an act of kindness is thrown his way, like kind of like you see these little more of those like little dandelion fluffs. Yeah, just kind of, and he's just realizing it's like it's just such a warm, pleasant feeling. Yeah, I, I love the line uh, when Tanjiro kept like praising him and telling him how good he was doing. He's like, "Stop, you kids! Don't make me any more giddy than I already am." <laughs> So that's like whenever he starts feeling giddy, his first reaction is to attack somebody. Yeah, that's the only like, outlet he knows. Yeah, because he's probably had to live on his own, and mm-hmm. like I mean, he it, like he even said his uh, his beast training. It's like it was all his beast style was all self taught. So. Oh man, that uh, that scene where he, uh, spatial awareness he uses oh, his beast my God, breathing. Yeah, that's such a good shot. Um, just you know, UFO table. Yeah. with the cinematic. Yeah. and everything um i i remember the moment when they were like walking through the forest and it was kind of jarring because it looked almost photorealistic oh yeah the first person view yeah yeah I it kind of like, looked like someone was walking through a forest because it did like the camera shake perfectly yeah well. and i was just like okay it's like i had i forgot for a second it's like okay it's just computer generated just remember <laughs> that it's not real but yeah that shot with the spatial awareness was so well executed and then uh like I'm looking forward to seeing how this uh, how this arc ends on the uh, on the mountain here because one of the twelve Kizuki is apparently here. One of uh, probably the dad. I don't think it's the dad. I think it's Rui, one of the sons. Oh yeah. Because it seemed like because we never saw like the dad speak or anything. It just seems like if anything, he's just like a he's just like a mindless brute mm. that doesn't have much outlet. It seemed like the one she was more terrified of was Rui. No, she was terrified because Rui was going to go tell. Yeah, the, the dad who was who, as we saw in the flashback, abused beat the her. shit out of her all the time. I mean, but even then, it seems like Rui is more of a kind of cunning mastermind type, and then then the father just seems to kind of be like a meathead mm-hmm. or a brute. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll probably see. Well, it might be next episode. It might even be another episode of that because there's four more people, yeah. and I'm assuming Zenitsu is going to fight one of them next episode. Yeah, because exactly. they showed something crawling up behind him. Oh, that's right. It's probably that one that yeah. just looked like he was on the ground. Yeah, a little freaky, like that looks like the, a baby kind of. God. Uh, and then we got the the character we saw way back in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, quiet samurai guy. Yeah, and, and then and then his partner. Yeah, which and it's not the uh, it's not the girl in the opening in the op that uh, let a butterfly just flutter onto her finger, which. I'm wondering who that is, and I'm wondering if we're gonna see. Um, is it not? I thought it was her. I don't think it is. I think because she was because that one was one of the ones that went through the final selection and survived. It seems like there are going to be five of those characters, and if I had to guess, they're all rep- they all represent one of the five senses. I imagine, like because Tanjiro smells, and Aitsu is hearing, and judging from what we saw, Inosuke is probably touch. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, and so... because yeah, he, like, touched the ground. Yeah, and it would seem that that would leave, um... It would, that would leave taste and sight, which I'm curious how taste is going to play out. I wonder if, like... It just kind of made me think a little bit. Maybe it's Butterfly Girl, because, um... If you think about it, butterflies taste with their feet. And, <laughs> and maybe that's yeah, kind of a subtle maybe. nod to that. Yeah, it might be that, yeah. I, I don't know, though. But I guess we'll see, won't we? uh so yeah so next up is gonna be dr stone yes dr stone which is uh it's still different i thought it was gonna be Mm -hmm. um i mean i shouldn't be super surprised it's a shonen jump series Uh, i was expecting more of a realistic edge i think i said this last week um but it's it's definitely seemed like they're gonna bring in a bunch of 
characters that are you know they, they stand out and pop out but like i said it's a shonen series like in the opening they show a lot of colorful different characters and yeah stuff. absolutely it's uh i'm enjoying this series like a lot agreed yeah uh i it, it subverted my expectations but i'm still very much enjoying it absolutely it's uh I think it's hilarious, like, just how ridiculously smart uh, Senku really is. Yeah, he's almost comedically smart. Yeah, exactly. Like, and then what's even funnier is figuring out how smart Shishio is, a.k.a. Uh, a.k.a. McStabby guy. <laughs> I want to break. I can punch oh, yeah. a lion with my bare hands he, and kill it. Uh, he seemed kind of... The whole bit where uh, with everybody was planning, uh, the main gang was planning everything out. Uh, it was kind of dumb how it just kind of covered him. He's like, oh, they're doing exactly this. And yeah. then they're like, oh, we're going to do this. Oh, they're doing exactly that. Yeah, it seemed... <laughs> yeah, I agree. It was very and, campy. And I I agree with that. And it's... Uh, and that's a... Like, I think part of that is because he kind of knows how Senku thinks. Like, Senku mm-hmm. the person. I'm like... Like, because they kind of skipped over how much time they'd actually spent together. Like, kind of, like, learning about each other and stuff like that. So, I think that has plays a big part in it. But, uh, I agree. It was kind of, like, a little bit, oh, I wonder what they're doing. <laughs> oh, they went this way. Oh, I know exactly what they're doing now. It, it yeah. did feel a little bit, like, jarring, I guess, for him to realize all that stuff so damn quickly. I, I'm really excited to see all these characters that they're um showing off in the opening like you had a uh, old man blacksmith yeah like uh there it looked like there was like a scientist rival mm-hmm. for senku yeah which that would be awesome mm-hmm. <laughs> and also i love how the plan is just uh we're well, gonna we make... can't beat him so we'll just make a gun <laughs> we'll make guns yeah which i feel like they're gonna try and shoot him and it's not gonna work or something like he's gonna block the bullet with something like, because we'd already seen him like kind of snatch an arrow out of the air and mm-hmm. throw it into the ground <laughs> Uh, I will say that this antagonist is very fascinating. Yeah. In the way that he had an opportunity to kill everyone, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he still chose not to because he sticks to his ideals of he wants to, you know, fill the world with uh, pure youth. Yeah, people he deems to be just. In, like, like in Sanku and... Um, uh, Taiju? Taiju's eyes, obviously he's a murderer. Which uh, he is. He most certainly yeah, is. Yeah, he, he is. But... The interesting thing is that he doesn't see himself as a murderer. And it's yeah. not like... It, it doesn't seem like he's just telling himself that. It seems like he genuinely sees himself as someone who's trying to make a better place. Yeah. In his eyes, obviously. Yeah. Of course, he only thinks that... Uh, he only thinks that certain people should be allowed in this new world, mm-hmm. which is obviously atrocious. He's uh, basically... He's very light Yagami in yeah, that approach. Yeah, he kind of feels himself as a god. Yeah. Uh, the one of my favorite scenes from the most recent episode was when he was walking back from the cave and he sees this uh, this family, yeah, this, this uh, stone family kind of walking together. He smiles to himself, puts some nice little laurels on the kids' heads, and then just smashes the adults' heads. Yeah, and then he comes back and he just drops like the freaking the eye. Yeah, just ugh, it's yeah. terrifying. That was just that was such a good defining character moment, I think, for him. Absolutely, like it was it was handled really well, just because it was silent. There was no like internal monologue. like there was no internal monologue expo like like exposition over it or anything. It was just kind of through facial expressions and his actions, you were able to figure out what he was thinking and stuff based on pre existing information we had about him. And that's how you should do it. It's visual storytelling one hundred and one, mm-hmm. and. I think that was a very good way of going about it. My my favorite bit of this show so far is always just seeing Senku 
Uh, seeing how Senku is going to use the natural resources available to him to just make stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like a, it's almost like a how it's made yeah, idea exactly. for me. And there's probably a lot of bullshit about it, too. Like, Yeah, I, I think the I mean, I'm sure the base that... of the science is there. So, yeah, it's probably, it's kind of like MacGyver, like, yeah. in that regard. Like, like you can blow up a lock with black powder, but it would require more than, <laughs> yeah. it would require more than six bullets worth of uh, black powder to m- blow up a lock. The mm. science is there, but the, uh, but the, but it's obviously exaggerated for fantastical suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. and the mind games are good too like yeah like sends him off to yeah go, and then he tries to uh bring her back before he gets back and stuff yeah so it, it, it was, was interesting there yeah absolutely so next up is fire force another like heavy shonen series this series yeah this, this is my favorite series uh of the season so far just because it's got just look at it yeah it's got so much kick-ass action uh, we already talked about the first uh, two episodes uh, that we saw last week. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, it's just the animation is amazing. The character drama is really interesting. Um, the fact that, like, the fact that it's um, uh, written by Soul Eater makes you know that it's going to be at least entertaining because yeah. because Soul Eater was a really entertaining show that did get surprisingly dark at times. Mm-hmm. Like, it was something I wasn't expecting while reading it at the very beginning, but. Here, it kind of seems like it's falling very much in that footsteps. I'm looking forward to seeing how this show pans yeah. out. I, I could see it definitely getting dark. It has already a little bit. Yeah. Um, just with, like, the, you know, the, what it means when someone dies and mm-hmm. they become that, an infernal. An infernal, yeah. yeah. And then, like, even, like, even Arthur Boyle, who's a complete freaking idiot, kind of understands what it means to give someone, like, a painless, like, peaceful death. Yeah. That uh, was a... That was a good character moment on his part. Like I w- didn't know what to expect with with Arthur. Like he's he's an idiot, but he's a good idiot. Like he's an idiot with a heart of gold, kind mm-hmm. of like the Tick, I guess. Yeah, and uh, we we already pretty much talked about this Ex- uh, last exactly. week, so we'll keep talking about it more next week. So uh, next up is Fruits Basket. Uh, so first of all, we got to talk about a new opening. I am not as big of a fan of it as the original. Yeah, I, I think the original did a, a insanely good job of setting you up for the feelings of the show. Yeah, it was very kind of, it's very like quiet, melancholy, and and just it's very pleasant to listen to. This new opening isn't bad. It's a little bit more mm-hmm. up. It's a little bit more upbeat, and I certainly appreciate like the attention to visual details, like because the big theming is sort of like. Uh, how everybody's got an umbrella and the sun's finally breaking out. So kind of like everybody sort of has to deal with their own personal sadness, mm-hmm. but... And then the end of the opening, they're uh, throwing away their umbrellas. Yeah, it's a real, it's really nice. And I really appreciate like the little details on each of the characters' umbrellas. Like mm-hmm. each of them sort of like tells a little bit about that Yeah, there's that a lot of care person. put into yeah. this opening. <laughs> yeah, really. Like Toru's is like a, just a bright pink standard umbrella, which they touched on, they touched on why pink in the most recent episode, which mm-hmm. I thought was super clever. Um, in hindsight, um, Haru's, for instance, is just like mostly white with one little black triangle. And that's super, that's super hilarious because of Haru black and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Like that little bit of darkness in his personality. Um, and just... So many just little cool things about this new opening. I like it. Do I yeah, like it yeah. as much as the first one? No. I think I like the visuals better, but the song better from the first one. Absolutely, because the because the song the song in the first one is so good that the visuals were kind of static. They were kind of mostly 
they were very slow and melancholy. Mm. Yeah, they fit the song. Yeah, and this one definitely was a lot more vibrant, upbeat. But enough gushing about the OPs. Yes. Uh, let's talk about the most recent episodes. Uh, well, I, I'm a little... Uh, I'm starting to get worn out on the... Uh, it, Kyo and Yuki's constant argument. Then she laughs. Then they stop arguing. Yeah. That's getting to be worn out really quick. And we have a long way to go, so... I I wonder if... I don't think that's going to be a... I don't think that's going to be a thing for, like, throughout the entire series. I imagine that's going to be something that gradually peters out as the series goes on. I hope on. so. Like, I can, I can see what you mean there. However, I will say that it, what isn't old is, uh, is some of, uh... Is Shigure is like to- tormenting his editor for one oh thing. Oh my god, yeah. She, she a... sounded so despaired on that phone call. Yeah, yeah, she was just. Wasn't she like about to hang herself? Yeah, last I mean, time or something? Yeah, exactly. And then uh, even like one of the people like at the office was like, don't kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, and then Ayame and just how, like, freaking obnoxiously draining his personality is. I love Ayame and Shigure's bromance. Yeah, like, they're, like, they're basically, they're making themselves look gay, only to kind of, only to kind of turn it around. High five! Yeah, just like, (laughs) yeah! And then even Hattori looking at them, it's like, don't you get tired of doing that? They do a really good job of making you, uh, realize how good friends, uh, the three of them were. Exactly. When they were growing up, just because how, like, relaxed and comfortable they are around each other absolutely i i adore that like the the character interactions in the show are still solid and like slowly figuring out like a little bit more about like yuki and kyo and all that basically trying to figure out more about what exactly happened in the past like who was the boy that like picked up toru's hat and stuff when she was a little girl stuff like that Mm -hmm. um at the moment it seems to kind of think that it might be a yuki but at the same time i don't know like, and we're probably not going to find out at the end of this season. We might, but... I'm assuming it's probably uh, Yuki interacted with little um, Toru, and then mm-hmm. uh, Kyo probably also interacted with her at some point when she was a kid. Yeah, probably. I'm I'm curious. I'm curious about that. We're probably going to see more of that, but first we also have to introduce more of the... Uh, more of the family, but even before that, we need to uh, delve a little bit into some of the other supporting characters, which, like Uo, the most recent episode yeah. was all about Uo, which I appreciated. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, you know, she has a bad home life. Yeah. Kind of hates her dad. It, like, it's, it's nothing groundbreaking, but it makes a lot of sense, and they just handle it really well. She just, yeah. she's just somebody who wants a caring family, and... Obviously, she's not going to be getting that at home, so she turned to a gang. Yeah, I'm assuming her dad probably was a really, you know, loving, nice dad before yeah. the wife left him, then he just kind of he just gave kind, up. Yeah, kind of reminds me a little bit of um, of, of Tomoya's dad from uh, from Clanad, actually. Yeah, he's, he's like, he's working, mm-hmm. and he's like providing shelter and basic needs for his daughter. Like, as you see, like, when she walked in, there was a... There was, like, a bento box on the... It was, a, yeah, like, food um, yeah. left out for her. And, yeah, and he obviously still wants to, like, provide for his daughter, but at the same time... I, I don't even know if it's wants or feels obligated to, maybe. Yeah, I mean, but he's just so kind of lost in himself and his own... In his own... alcohol. Yeah, it just... It's kind of sad to watch, and it definitely makes you understand why Uo was the way she was. And why she looked up to somebody like uh, Kyoko. 
Yeah. Like the crimson butterfly. And she slowly, uh, it wasn't until she met Toru when she re- kind of realized how upset she was being mm-hmm. in this situation. Like she just wanted yeah, a family. Like, and that's why she joined the gang in the first place because they made her, they made her feel like family as destructive as she knew it was. Like, cause mm-hmm. even then she, cause she's not a stupid girl. She knows, she knew from the time, from the beginning that it was destructive. She just didn't care. It made her, it kind of fulfilled just the need of having a family and people to care for her and stuff like that. And it was, it was just a nice episode. And I kind of want to see like where they go with it because it seems like this is going to be a two-parter. It is, yeah. And next episode, we're going to probably see the point where Toru ends up kind of taking her off that path in her life. Yeah. The, uh, the, this is for Uo-chan is what the episode is going to be called. I, I actually also want to see what Hana's deal is. Or if they're just going to leave that a mystery. <laughs> I imagine we'll probably get her backstory as well. There's plenty more episodes for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, I think, but it would also be kind of just, it'd be interesting if they just kind of... Just forever, it, she's, they never tell anything about her. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just that she's kind of weird. That would be kind of hilarious. But at the same time, I want to know more about her. And... It's also really cool how they're such good friends, despite not having really interacted or known each other for that long. Like, they've only known each other and interacted with each other for maybe a year or two. Yeah. And they're we, such close friends. We'll probably understand for yeah. Uo's next, next and then uh, Hana probably eventually as well. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying this series, and I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to talking about it more. So, next up... Fire Force was your favorite show. This one is probably mine. Oh, Maidens in Your Savage Season. It's so good. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's uncomfortable at times, though. Like, really. Yeah, that's the theme fun. of the show, really, though. It's just, like, uncomfortable parts of your youth. Yeah, like... Told from a girl's perspective. Exactly. And hand, and direct, the director, Masahiro Ando, certainly knows what he's doing. And he's, hand, and he's making this series, like, really well. Mm-hmm. Like, the scene composition and stuff is just... Really yeah, well handled. He's, uh, he's working hand in hand with um, the, I, I can't remember the woman's name, the the woman who made the original manga. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and she... So she's she, like a consultant, yeah. Yeah, she's probably drawing, I, I assume she probably drew on a lot of personal experiences creating I, the series. I would imagine so, <laughs> because that it would certainly be like an incredibly yeah. uncomfortable... I've situation. obviously never grown up as a female, but yeah. I, I could totally see all this like happening... Uh, like I, I can totally feel see see a lot of girls growing up and feeling this way about all that shit. Absolutely, and uh, and just like uh, the most recent episode, like oh. when she was stuck- party foul. Oh yeah, party foul. You know, just yeah. go into a man's room and steal his porn. <laughs> I thought it was funny leading up to that, though, when she opened the door and she had, like, for a flash of a second that yeah. moment when she saw oh, him yeah. jerking off. But then she, like, blinked and was like, oh, okay. Because you were worried, because I was thinking, oh, he's probably going to be jerking off. Yeah, I was kind of expecting it to happen again. Like, he had all the lights turned off and he was being quiet in his room. Yeah, exactly. But, no, but she just kind of broke into his room and stole his porn. I and... love her uh, mental gymnastics of, uh, oh... Oh, it's it's bus uh, groping porn, not train groping porn. Oh, he's such a nice boy. He loves trains so much. He doesn't want to ruin them with porn. Yeah, it's what what the fuck? <laughs> Why is that the first place your brain goes to? Like, it just makes no sense. It's and even like how defensive he gets about it. It's like it's a Blu-ray on yeah. a DVD. Oh man, that uh, that that little scene when 
when he says, you obviously know what he means when he says, I I never thought about doing this with anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, he's trying to get her to feel better. He, he's trying to make sure she knows that he's not interested in other girls. Yeah. That's what he's trying to say. But to her, it just sounds like, uh, yeah, I'd never think about doing it with you. Yeah. And just, yeah, it's really, it's really uncomfortable and unfortunate. And it's just, it's about what you'd expect from youth, though. Mm-hmm. And then what was also super uncomfortable is uh, right, the erotic writer chick finding out that her teacher is the one who she was <laughs> oh, yeah. sending messages to. Blackmail a teacher into being the advisor. <laughs> I mean, it, it works, right? Yeah, and he's uh, surprisingly you know, well-learned. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's like their liter- literature teacher, I think. Yeah, he's their language arts professor. And then like they were trying to figure out like a nickname for him. And then she's just like, how about Milo Sensei? <laughs> <laughs> And I, like it took me a second because I didn't remember that first that was his screen name and I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah, I almost think that there's going to be some kind of romantic subplot between uh, her and the and the the advisor I, slash teacher. I it'd be really uncomfortable and creepy, which it seems like they know that. <laughs> yeah, that's par for the course for the show. But. Yeah, I just, I'm really interested in seeing where this show goes. Yeah, like, It's either that or they're like, I, I'm almost expecting a scene where he's going to be sitting somewhere in a room and they're going to be alone together and she's going to try to yeah. come on to him and it's he, just, just going to be like, Ugh. no, don't do it, man. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then, of course, the other thing, like uh, the the club president, like wanting to basically change her self-image and stuff like that, obviously mm. to attract more boys, it seems, because she's got curiosity in it she denies it vehemently but she has curiosity about it yeah i'm like so invested in all of these girls subplots exactly (laughs) it's just like the the direction of writing here is just amazing yeah i'm it's probably my favorite show probably the season for that reason i'm just enjoying the hell out of all these characters Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out more about them it definitely i mentioned this while watching it um the main character reminds me a little bit of a uh, kimari from a uh, place for the universe design wise, yeah yeah same haircut wise. same hair color same like kind of thicker eyebrows yeah exactly <laughs> it just it reminded me a lot of that and yeah. um and the fact that she's kind of she's kind of like a, a bit of a space cadet and kind of bombastic and stuff like that like that scene when she just ran down the street like screaming about i was like why does it have to be this way yeah. it just reminds me a lot of her and if it keeps going down this route and continues to be um, good, then it's probably going to be, like, my favorite show. Mm-hmm. Like, at least definitely for this season. But I can't say this year because I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah. winter happened. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. So uh, last up on our list is going to be Vinland Saga, which uh, we already talked about the stuff that's out. I believe. <laughs> yeah, because they did a thing where they released the first three episodes all at once, and then they took a few weeks off, and then they're going to be releasing the fourth episode here pretty soon. Like, the 25th, I hear, is when the next episode is supposed to be coming out. So okay. we'll be talking more about that next season. Um, but if you hadn't heard of us talk about it just yet, basically, it seems like it's going to be a really good revenge story. I'm actually kind of invested this is something i didn't bring up in the last episode that i wanted to i think it's really cool that there's actually like historical like shit like lave erickson actually being a character <laughs> yeah. in the story like i was not expecting that i was like oh it's gonna be kind of a fan oh there's 
actually Leif Erikson here, so it's a historical fiction. I'm not even gonna try to lie and pretend I know who that is. All I know is there's an actual name. Yeah, Leif Erikson. Leif Erikson was a was a major like explorer and basically one of the like the head Vikings, like pretty much. Um, he was the son of Eric the Red, who was mm. an even bigger Viking. Okay. Yeah, I really like how this show is bringing in like all those you know actual historical places it feels like something that actually could have happened there's obviously um flourishes and you know fancy things like uh the uh the main guy's dad jumping from boat to boat yeah thoris is pretty much a superhuman yeah. like he's like captain america it feels like he's like not quite a superhero but he has like superhuman abilities yeah like yeah exactly just it feels like obvious and then i imagine thor's himself is going to be like thorfinn thorfinn yeah thorfinn is going to be like kind of superhuman in some regards actually he's gonna be like vengeful armin because that's who he looks like (laughs) yeah he looks a lot like armin (laughs) because you know studio wit yeah exactly and uh i talked about this last week but just to reiterate it's not quite as visually impressive as attack on titan it's not they're they're not putting their a-team on this for sure uh that being said it's still really cool looking yeah. But, like, the sweeping uh, cinematic shots are not quite as good. Like, as that scene where fucking uh, the early part of uh, part th- or three, season three, part two. Yeah. Uh, where Levi, I think it was first episode. Yeah. Where Levi was uh, escaping from all of the military police. Oh, yeah. And just, like, him sliding on the ground. He's like, oh, my God, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> the, this definitely doesn't feel like they put their, their absolute best on board. It seems like maybe they wanted to get, like, other people who weren't quite as experienced more experience, which mm. that actually is really cool, too. It still looks visually impressive. It's, yeah. it's a wit production, so. Definitely, yeah, watch that. I, absolutely. So our, uh, yeah, our final list for the summer 2019 anime season for the Time Seek Anime Podcast, we're going to be talking about Demon Slayer, Dr. Stone, Fire Force, Fruits Basket, uh, O Maidens in Your Savage Season, and Vinland Saga. And yep. uh, those are going to be the shows we're pretty much in-depth talking about each episode every week. Uh, so yeah, if we, we'd love to have people you know leave comments about how they feel about the episode, uh, comments about how... Our opinions are wrong and their opinions are right. How we have shit taste and they, <laughs> and they have good taste, all that fun yeah. shit, because, you know, that's how the anime community do. But And, uh, you know, as, as I always say, anime is much more enjoyable when you're uh, watching with other people. Absolutely. And talking about it with other people. Yeah. That is... That's uh, it do, for... Do you have anything uh, left to talk about this uh, for the the anime for this, this week? Uh, no, nothing as far as the anime this week, but we do... Before we close this episode off, we do actually have a relatively serious announcement. No doubt you guys have heard about it. Yeah, the uh, the Kyoto Animation arson that recently happened was... Uh, Absolutely devastating. Yeah, devastating um, really. Uh, like... There's a lot of loss in both lives and work. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's a it's a solemn it's a solemn affair and we didn't want to bring it up at the very beginning because we felt that would be tasteless but uh here we are bringing it up now because it it is too important to just kind of sweep under the rug. It is a very big deal for not just for not just anime fans but I think just people in Japan in general. Like mm-hmm. because for in case you don't know this has been the biggest like domestic attack in like over 20 years. Like, and the most lives lost. The most recent thing that happened in the 90s was about 12 or 13, if I remember correctly. This was 33 lives lost. It's 
it's an it's an absolute tragedy and it's unfortunate that things had went the way they did it's a shame that somebody decided to do this one day but but there's but there is some good news in all this actually there is something that uh, the anime community can do to help kyoto animation hopefully recover from this disaster this catastrophe yeah uh what was the studio that uh sentai yeah sentai filmworks uh set up a gofundme to uh they they haven't set up a lot of details about it yet because i'm assuming they just wanted to get the framework up first so people could start donating to help them out uh but it looks like the money's probably going to be going towards families uh yeah families of the bereaved families of the bereaved maybe um maybe repair costs for uh Mm -hmm. for kyoto animation Um, yeah but there's a there's a, a gofundme we'll put the link down below i heavily suggest going to donate there um if you haven't done so uh and there but there's also um you can go to Kyono Animation's official website and uh, buy digital prints there, and that will get them direct funding if you want to. You know, that that's supporting directly the studio itself. Yeah, uh, Kyoto Animation has been a um, has been a has been a giant in the anime community for like the past eleven years uh, that they've been doing stuff. Because I think their first thing was Haruhi Suzumiya in like two thousand eight, maybe maybe even before that. I could be wrong. That's unimportant. The point being. Kyoani is a is a great company that deserves I that deserves all the help and support that it can get, and yeah. any and the GoFundMe page itself has already gotten like what one point eight million dollars. Yeah, and that's amazing in like a couple of days, just seeing how much how giving um, yeah. the anime community is. It definitely gives you a little bit more hope for uh, for humanity and realizing that even in even in tragedy, people can come together and do something yeah. meaningful. So, yeah, best wishes to uh, to them, and uh, you know, obvious condolences to all the families that had yeah. to go through all that crap. Yeah, um, a lot of it. It's an absolute tragedy what happened. The only thing that we can do though is come together and work together and help them be able to move forward. So, sorry to end on such a solemn <laughs> note, guys. But until yes. next time, this is the Time Sync Anime Podcast. Take care of yourselves, everybody. See you next time. Take care of each other.